There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever wondered what exactly happens when someone goes to therapy? Well, don't look to TV or movies for answers, because pop culture usually misses the mark. By a lot. And when it's such a black box, many people who could benefit from therapy are hesitant to try. Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Wu. Every week, I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Today, let's demystify the idea of going to therapy with a down-to-earth overview of what types of therapy there are and what types of problems they can help with. This will set the scene for a three-part mini-series on just what therapy is, followed next week by a behind-the-scenes look at cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, and the week after by a practical guide on how to find the right therapist. When someone says they're going to therapy, what comes to mind? Perhaps you imagine them lying on a couch, the way they do in New Yorker cartoons, while a serious-looking man in a sweater vest and glasses takes notes, pausing in a while to ask, and how does that make you feel? Or perhaps you think of that scene in Goodwill Hunting, where Robin Williams's character, a therapist, keeps repeating, it's not your fault, until his patient breaks down and cries in his arms. In real life, therapy does not look like that. At least, not the vast majority of the time. People don't lie down anymore. They sit in chairs or on sofas and face their therapist so they can engage in a collaboration. Therapists also understand that cornering a patient and forcefully and repeatedly insisting that they change their mind about something is not effective. And most importantly, therapists in real life do not, or at least should not, date their clients. This is a big ethical no-no. Clients are vulnerable to exploitation in this type of double relationship. So it always blows my mind when movies and TV shows make it seem normal or even romantic, when therapists and their clients start flirting or dating. So why does pop culture get it so wrong? Why do our imaginations run wild about what happens in therapy? Well, because it seems so mysterious. I mean, what do two strangers talk about for a whole hour, week after week? Does therapy really help anyone? Do therapists say wise things that magically heal people? And why should you pay for a therapist when you could just talk to friends about your problems? No wonder so many people are either hesitant to try therapy or give up after just one session. 
they have no idea what to expect, which means they might also have no confidence that it's going to work. Often, people are either convinced that therapy is just a scam, or they go into it expecting a miracle cure, only to be disappointed when they don't find the answer, capital A, right away. This is such a shame because therapy really can help. We know from plenty of research that psychotherapy is effective for alleviating depression, especially if someone has not responded to antidepressant medication, adding therapy could help. It's also effective for decreasing symptoms of anxiety disorders and obsessive-compulsive disorder, or OCD. It can help people overcome trauma, cope with chronic illness and chronic pain, and it can help improve quality of life in general. In my experience, I've seen patients make life-changing decisions, repair damaged relationships, overcome fears that were keeping them from living to the fullest, and learning to value themselves in a way that they never knew existed. So let's demystify therapy. The more you understand what it's all about, the more likely that you'll take advantage of this potentially life-changing experience. Today's episode will be a broad overview of different types of therapy and how to know which to look for. I don't want to assume that everybody has the same idea about why therapy even exists. So let me share what I tend to think of as the three major reasons for doing psychotherapy. Reason number one is to get emotional support during a difficult time. Leaving home for the first time, grieving a death, Adjusting to a serious diagnosis, losing a part of your identity, losing a relationship. I can't think of a single person in my life who has completely avoided all of those lemons that life hands us. Friends and family often provide the much needed emotional support that we need in times of hurt, but sometimes we can't lean on the people we're close to because they're the cause of the hurt, or maybe they're hurting too much themselves. Or there is some awkwardness or secrecy that prevents us from pouring our hearts out to them. Supportive psychotherapy can help. No matter what type of specific treatments therapists are trained in, we all get a pretty solid grounding in being good at empathizing, listening, and not being judgmental. Sometimes that little bit of common humanity is all you need to get through a rough patch. Reason number two for going to therapy is to gain insight about yourself or about a specific life problem. So sometimes what we need is a little bit more specific than general support. Maybe you've been doing some self-reflection and notice that you always have trouble making decisions. Well, why? What are you afraid of? Or maybe the latest in a string of explosive breakups, hurt more than usual, and you're wondering why you always end up with people who are terrible for you. Or maybe you're trying to decide whether you should have kids or not, and you've exhausted all of your pros and cons list-making abilities without getting to the root of why this question tortures you so much. A therapist may be able to help you untangle some yarn. Sometimes a fresh, objective perspective can help you notice patterns you didn't notice before. Like the fact that you reject people before they've had a chance to reject you, leading you to miss out on vulnerable but meaningful connections. Or a therapist can use their knowledge and experience to catch red flags, 
like connecting the dots between your inability to relax with some troubling ways that you describe your parents, ways that you didn't even think were troubling. Or if you're stuck in a seemingly impossible decision, a therapist might be able to ask a few key questions from angles you hadn't considered before to shed a new light. Like wondering if you'd leave your relationship if you had a magic self-esteem wand. And the third reason for psychotherapy is to reduce psychological symptoms that get in the way of your life. So of course, on top of normal life stressors and emotional hang-ups, and who doesn't have those? Some of us have psychological disorders or symptoms. Psychological symptoms are anything that you often think, feel, or do that gets in the way of you living a fulfilling life. This could be feeling sad or unmotivated most of the time, not being able to sleep well, acting as if food were an enemy instead of a pleasure, not being able to leave the house without checking the lock multiple times, dreading social interactions, not feeling confident enough to stand up to bullies, or being so impulsive that you're losing money and maybe losing friends. There are so many ways that our brains can get stuck in ways of thinking, feeling, and doing that are unhelpful. Some psychotherapies are specifically designed to address these problems. They work by taking psychological science, which is what we know about how the brain works, and turning it into teachable skills for improving our machinery. It's the same idea as how physical therapists turn their knowledge of how muscles and bones and joints work into exercises to help you heal and strengthen. Healthy ways of thinking, of connecting with people, and of behaving can be strengthened too. So just as not everyone needs the same things from therapy, not all therapy looks the same. I won't get into the whole history of how all the different branches of psychotherapy came about. That would take multiple hours. I just want to share the main categories of which psychotherapies you could find today. To start with, there is supportive therapy. Generally, supportive therapy addresses the first type of goal we talked about, which is to get through a difficult time. Supportive therapy tends to be not very structured or goal-oriented. The therapist usually follows the client's lead and provides what they need in the moment. This might be simply having a non-judgmental place to cry and an empathic ear to hear their story. For people who have depression, for example, supportive therapy could be helpful, especially because a big chunk of why people's depression gets better with therapy is from non-specific factors, including trusting the therapist, feeling heard, feeling like someone cares. But I should note that if your depression or any other challenges like impulsivity or anxiety or body image issues that you're dealing with, if these have been around for a while, or it's hard to pinpoint any temporary event that's causing the problem, or just the problem is getting pretty severe, you may need something a little more focused than supportive therapy. Another category of therapies is psychoanalysis, psychodynamic therapy, and insight-oriented therapy. These are the old-school therapies, evolved from Sigmund Freud's theories on the unconscious in the late 1800s. The main idea is that we have unconscious drives versus conscious thoughts, and when there are conflicts between the two, 
we have mental health problems. The therapy process is meant to liberate the unconscious through the therapist's guidance, often by examining unmet needs from childhood. They can be helpful for the second reason for a psychotherapy we talked about, which is to gain insight about yourself. This type of therapy is usually long-term, meaning it lasts months to years, though a short-term version can be used as an add-on if you're already taking antidepressant medications, for example. Research shows that psychoanalysis has, on average, small to medium effects for improving symptoms and functioning, but is not as effective when compared to other therapies that are designed to treat specific mental disorders. And that brings us to cognitive behavioral therapies, or CBT for short. The CBTs are designed to treat specific symptoms, for example, social anxiety or depression, insomnia, even tinnitus. There's a long list. We keep inventing new CBTs for various psychological and physical problems. Some components and variations of CBT are called cognitive therapy, exposure therapy, exposure and response prevention, and so on. But what they all have in common is that they're based on the science of how our brains work, and they teach patients skills to retrain their brains for better functioning. These treatments are very good at addressing the third reason for therapy, to alleviate psychological disorders and symptoms. I particularly recommend CBT and its variants to people who struggle with anxiety disorders or lingering effects of psychological trauma or PTSD, obsessive-compulsive disorder, and insomnia. You may be surprised at how quickly your symptoms can change, because CBTs are usually pretty short, ranging from about 4 to 20 sessions, depending on your specific symptoms and unique needs. And next week, we'll zoom in on CBT to look at some examples of just what happens during this type of therapy. I also want to tell you just a little bit today about third-wave psychotherapies. I know the name sounds a little bit hippie, but third-wave psychotherapies are really just variations on CBT with an added central component, mindfulness. These therapies also alleviate psychological symptoms, but there's more emphasis on acceptance, life values, and a whole-person health perspective. Some well-known third-wave psychotherapies are acceptance and commitment therapy and mindfulness-based stress reduction. These are great for people who are emotionally struggling with situations outside of their control, like chronic illness or stress, fertility problems, estranged relationships, burnout, or just the general sense that life feels like a struggle and happiness seems hard to reach. Another type of third-wave therapy is dialectical behavior therapy, or DBT for short, and I'm a big fan of this. It's an intensive form of CBT, with mindfulness as one of several central foundations for people who struggle with a combination of big mood swings, chronic life drama, and self-esteem issues. And beyond these, you may hear about other schools of thought or other types of therapies, like humanistic or experiential, uh, person-centered therapy, EMDR, contingency management, Narrative therapy, expressive therapy, transpersonal therapy, there are lots of different fancy names. But I'll level with you right now. All of these are variations on one of the main categories we talked about today. 
there are all different roads to Rome with different names. Often, therapists will guide you along a few different roads along the way because each of them contributes to the journey. Now, you may have noticed that I tend to emphasize CBT and its variants a little more than other types of psychotherapy. And that's because the CBTs are the most supported by psychological science. This is not to say that other forms of therapy are not helpful. I myself have received insight-oriented psychodynamic therapy and found it to be very helpful. And in my own work as a clinical psychologist, I have provided supportive therapy and elements of other types of therapies to many. But in terms of the most good for the most people, for the least cost to patients and society, so far the CBTs are winning. That's why I want to tell you a lot more about CBT next week and offer some examples of what actually happens in a CBT therapist's office. So stay tuned for that behind-the-scenes look. Meanwhile, you can subscribe to my newsletter to make sure you don't miss any of the follow-ups or miss any of the tips that we can deliver straight to your inbox. We can also keep in touch through social media. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at QDT Savvy Psych and also at Jade Wu PhD. Savvy Psychologist is audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg and edited by Karen Hertzberg. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and does not substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you so much for joining me and I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are.